I'm Risa Williams, and this is The Motivation Mindset, where I talk to successful people about how they manage their time. I'm a therapist and productivity coach in Los Angeles. I'm also a writer and book author of the books, including The Ultimate Time Management Toolkit and my latest book, The Ultimate Self-Esteem Toolkit, 25 Tools to Boost Confidence, Achieve Goals, and Find Happiness. I hope you'll check it out this month. It's in stores. This month on the show, we are looking at spring cleaning and ways we can get more organized in everyday life. Joining me today is organizational expert, Deanna Yates. She's the podcast host of the successful podcast, Wanna Be Minimalist, and she helps people set up systems to declutter and get more organized. And that's exactly what we're talking about today on the show. We're talking about decluttering and how this applies to both our stuff and our time. So thank you so much, Deanna Yates, for joining me today. I was so happy to be on your podcast recently, and I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, Risa, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. Yes, we had such a fun conversation, and I am looking forward to continuing. So we have a lot of similar approaches. You are a self-described minimalist. You're also a mom, and you run your own business, Want to Be Clutter Free. So talk to me a little bit about your business and walk me through through what a typical busy day is for you. Oh, sure. So um, yes, I love helping busy families, moms especially, learn how to let go of their stuff. And their stuff can be physical stuff. I mean, obviously we always think about, you know, decluttering and organizing our homes, but it also can be that emotional and that mental stuff, which I think is where you and I really connect on because, you know, when you help people with their time, that really frees up their mental space. And then once you're kind of in a better mental place, it's easier to deal with those emotions as well that we all have coming up. And so, yeah, what I, what I do is I have a podcast, uh, which gives a ton of free information out. And then I also have my business, as you said, is want to be clutter free. And over there I have, um, you know, courses and, uh, you know, freebies and things over there. So that's kind of how I help people. That's great. And then you want to know what a typical day is. I mean, Oh gosh. I mean, <laughs> they, because I'm a business owner, right? You, we wear so many different hats. So yeah. it can really depend on what's going on. But my typical day, um, do you want kind of a breakdown by like, like sure. hour by hour ish? Well, I know you're okay, an sure. early morning person, right? Oh, I am an early morning person. Yes. I used to be a night owl. Um, but I have since becoming a mom, I've become an early riser. I think that just kind of continued over from having a, you know, baby that woke up early and I was able to just kind of parlay that into staying up or staying on that schedule. So yeah, right now I'm also in the process of writing a book. So my first book, I know you have three books out, so I (laughs) definitely need to pick your brain more on that, but I think early mornings are a good time for moms because, you know, you have that peace and quiet and the house feels very still and it's easier oh, to yeah. focus before everyone's up and about and rushing around. Yes, I love my me time. I definitely need <laughs> me time. And so that's when I get it. Now, right now, people are going to listen to this and think I'm a little crazy. But remember, I'm writing a book which takes a lot of time and effort and energy and yeah. you know, mental space. So I do wake up at 4.30 right now so that I have a couple hours to write in the morning. Um, because otherwise, my day just goes away and I don't have time. And it's 
it's been a struggle. I haven't written before. So I give myself a lot of extra time to do that. And then, you know, after a couple hours, I, we wake, I wake my daughter up at about 645. She's in fourth grade. So, you know, we're getting ready for school and she, you know, then we have our breakfast together and get lunch ready together and all those kinds of things. And then she heads out about 745 and that's when I'm squeezing in my quick workout. When I'm not writing my book, I'm hoping to wake up more toward like that 5.30 time frame, do my workout in the morning before I wake her up. Um, <laughs> Which still right sounds very early. <laughs> <They're> like 5.30, <laughs> you know. Oh, 5.30 and a little bit more normal. <laughs> and so then, yeah, so then I get to work after kind of I do that workout shower, um, get into work. And that can be anything, right? Because as a business owner, there are so many different things. I could yeah. be doing a podcast episode. I could be recording a guest interview like I did with you last week. I could be doing social media posts. I could be doing my email newsletter. That's one of my favorite because I really do like being able to kind of deep dive in a little bit more on topics. And so <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts of my business. Um, my husband works from home too. He's a software uh, developer. And so, you know, we have lunch together and then once a week I'll run some errands and I'll do my grocery shopping on another day. So I try to factor those in while um, my kiddos at school you know, I mean, we try to keep on a decent schedule. I'm all about habits and routines. And I really think that that helps keep us even keeled because we know what's coming up for the day. Yeah. Um, and then of course we have our days where we just kind of can be lazy or fill with whatever, but those are the weekends. That's what the weekend's for. Right. Um, I try not to stuff the days too full to give us some time and leeway and buffer zone. So if something takes a little bit longer, or we're having fun doing something, or there's an impromptu play date, we can have those things happen. Um, because, you know, she's a kid and she's yeah. only going to be a kid for so long. And the pressure of life is going to be on her before too soon, right? Before right. we all want it to be. So, you know, we try to just take it a little bit easy after school. And then after dinner, we do a tidy up. So that's one of my um, favorite clutter-free kind of decluttering tips is to do a tidy up with the family. We'll probably talk about it a little bit later. Uh -huh. um, then we relax together and do the bedtime routine. Right. And so, you know, that part's way easier now that she's older, right? She's in fourth grade, so she can handle getting herself dressed and teeth brushed and, you know, all that stuff before bed. But we've been it's been very consistent. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's one of the things I talk about a lot is consistency. Yeah. And it, you know, it starts to get a little, you kind of sometimes feel like you're just like droning on and you're just being that record player playing on repeat, but it does sink in and it gets easier. And so, you know, that bedtime has been pretty consistent, which is nice. Cause then my husband and I have time to connect because we don't have a ton of time. I know we have lunch together, yeah. um, but we don't get a ton of time to connect other than right after, you know, she goes to bed. So, um, it's nice to be able to have that time for us as well. So it's lights right. out for her at eight lights out for us about nine 30, 10 o'clock. And, uh, we rinse and repeat day after day. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I like what you're saying is when we're doing this as moms or parents, we're modeling time boundaries to our kids and time parameters and getting them to understand things take a certain amount of time each day. And then you can have a break and then you do the next set of tasks. And that kind of ordering of tasks for kids is so important because their brains are forming. They might not have the skills to do that on their own. They need it to be modeled sometimes by grownups around them, this kind of ordering of things. And it feels comforting in a way, even though it is a lot more work front ending those tasks and planning them out as a mom. And I think that was hard for me 
when I first became a mom was understanding, oh, all this is on me to plan out. Like I'm the one who has to keep it together. And sometimes Mm -hmm. before you become a mom, you don't have those structures and routines mapped out for yourself. So then suddenly you're like mapping them out for one kid or two kids or everybody or your whole family. And it feels like a lot of pressure. And sometimes you want to give up and say, this is too much work. Let's just see how the day goes. But what I found was that way led to more chaos and anxiety Mm -hmm. and stress and overworking myself than just planning out a simple system and teaching it to the kids. Like this time is for this, then we check in, then we do this, then we do a roundup, like you're saying. So having those daily routines, even though it's harder in the beginning, sets people up for less stress and anxiety later. You just have to kind of embrace it as an uncomfortable process as you're working it out and figuring out what those are for you. Yes, you exactly. 100% exactly how I feel. And I feel like you and I went through the same process of that learning to front load, right? Because if you can put in a little bit of a little extra effort up front, I know sometimes it's so much easier to say like, oh, fine. You know, they can just, we'll do this one time. We have a saying in our house, you can never do anything fun once because if you do it once, you have to just be aware that they're going to ask to do it again. Right. And it's <laughs> fine. So it's true. not to say we can't have fun and it's yeah. not, we, trust me, we have plenty of fun and we go and we do a lot of different things and we've traveled and we go to different places and all the things we know that if we say yes, one time, it makes it so much harder to say no the next time. And right. so we try to just keep that in our mind when we're trying to make that decision, when you're stuck in that place and like, you know, you're kind of like, Dear the headlight almost because you get asked and you're totally caught off guard. Yeah. It's easier to say no that one time, trust me, than to say yes and then have to say no again and again and again because they will ask again. Right. So an example would be like playing (laughs) hooky from school one day to go to the beach. Totally. Or totally. Why can't we go last minute to rush out to do this kid thing like mini golf or whatever when we had something else Mm -hmm. planned, like piano or something like this? Staying up late. Yeah. Staying up up till 10 30 or 11. That that's uh-huh. one thing they'll definitely want to do every night. That one gets all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's party time then. And it's okay <laughs> to make exceptions sometimes, but I think then explaining, hey, this is a once in a while thing. We're not going to do this all yes. the time. Right. Yeah. And we try to, it makes it easier if you're out and about and you're saying, okay, look, we're going to stay up late because we're out doing this activity. Mm-hmm. But if you're at home and you're just sitting around, like you're watching a movie or something, you it's easier than to say like, nope, those are our home rules, right? Like we're home on the weekend or bedtimes later on the weekend, mm-hmm. but those are the home rules, right? We're home. So we're still going to do it. And she still does her, um, she's supposed to do 20 minutes of reading for school. She still does that on the weekends uh-huh. because it's just part of the routine that gets her in the mindset for bed, right? right? So she goes to bed an hour later, the bedtime routine starts an hour later, but she's still doing the same stuff she's doing during the week on the weekend. Yeah. And when did you say the hardest part of parenting in this regard is you can't just <laughs> say it. You have to do it yourself. Yes, right? You have to do oh, it yourself. Sure. You have to help mm-hmm. them declutter and organize and stay organized. We can't just organize the room once and then it sticks. I know right. one of your tools yep. is that it's that idea of you have to create systems that are going to yep. stick over time, not just do this whirlwind cleaning 
which which a lot of us do. We've all been there, right? Everything's a oh, mess. Sure. And-, and I still do whirlwind yeah. cleaning sometimes. Like, yeah, of course. We talked about perfectionism um, on yeah. the show and agreed. Like the routines make it easier and the systems make it easier. And yeah. so it really is leading by example. And just it doesn't take that long. Like again, these front load things, you yes, you're gonna have to put in a little bit of effort for a week, but it does make it easier. So one of my favorite is that power tidy, right? And I used to call Mm -hmm. it the five minute power tidy, but sometimes it takes people a little bit more than that. So I don't want to set an unrealistic expectation. So it's the power tidy and we do it every day and it's after dinner. And before we get to like sit down and watch a show or play a game or whatever we're going to do that night. And I usually clean. So my husband will clean up the dishes from dinner. So he hops in the kitchen and starts cleaning. And then my daughter and I race around and we, you know, kind of race each other to clean up our stuff, right? Whatever (laughs) is out and about. So I might have a coffee mug on my desk that I didn't put in the kitchen or, um, you know, she might have gotten some crafts out or something, or I might have a blanket to put away, or, you know, I might have a load of laundry to finish up something like that. And so we race to do these things and they don't take that long. That's why I called it the five minute power tidy. But it really just kind of creates that reset for the day. So by the time my husband is done with the dishes, we are done tidying up the house. And now we can sit down stress-free and just kind of chill out for the night and really enjoy each other's company. And it also helps me during the day because I don't freak out about the things that get a little out of place. Because I'm like, oh, well, we'll deal with that at some point today. It's not going to grow into this big chaotic mess that I'm going to have to spend all day cleaning up. So I came up with the stuff roundup, which is very similar to what you're talking about. Pretty much the same thing, which is identify the things you tend to leave out. So even if you're not a parent, we're all guilty of this. There's always an item like clothes. For me, it's cups. I have a problem with cups in my house. Everyone uses way too many cups and there's just cups everywhere. So we have like cup roundup, which is before bed, everyone bring all the cups from all the rooms and put them in the sink. And it's not like wash all the cups. It's just gather the things and put them there. So the next step when I'm ready for it is, you know, put them in the dishwasher. Identify what are the objects that you tend to scatter. And then like Deanna says, do a power tidy up where you're scanning the room for those objects you already know you tend to leave out and you're just scooping them up. And you also have a clutter basket. As I find things that are in, you know, that are out of place, if I'm walking from room to room or I'm, you know, getting up to refill my water bottle or something and I notice something, I can simply just put it in that catch-all. I can put it in that basket. Nice. And then at the end of the day, when I were doing that power tidy, there's less running around, right? You just pick up the basket and you can gather things in there ah, and then right. you can go put them away. Um, but it also works really well for like, if you ever have anybody pop in, right? Uh-huh. These impromptu play dates thing. And you're like, oh, come on in. Don't right, go right. the house. If you have this clutter basket, you've already pre-gathered things. So it's not as messy. You're not noticing all these little things out on all the flat surfaces. My trick is the flat surface. So I have to try to keep as few flat surfaces in my house as possible. Uh Uh So as long as I keep them out, I don't have those clutter gathering zones. And so it's easier for me to put them in this clutter basket. And then also, if you have people coming over, you can just take that basket and and like hide it it. in the other room. Yeah, (laughs) shove it in the bedroom. (laughs) And then you don't lose things into the closet. Like, I think we've all done the thing where you're like, oh my God, there's people coming over. You shove stuff in a closet or a drawer or a bin or somewhere. And then you're later, you're like, where did I put that thing? 
Yeah. And you can't find it. Like if you have this one basket that you know you always just put your random odds and ends in, so much easier to find it at the end of the day. So I like your idea of don't make the basket too pretty. It's not supposed to live anywhere, right? And it's not <laughs> supposed to just be somewhere everyone's dumping everything forever. That's right. that's important too. Yeah, don't make it too big. It can't be too big that it can just like become the bottomless pit, right? It's yeah. something that we're you're able to pick it up and move it around easily. So like a collapsible laundry basket works really well. A canvas bin with handles works really well. Something that, you know, isn't giant. And it's not it easily to be permanent too. That's and important. it's not, yeah, it's not the permanent home for any of anything. Yeah. It's literally, and you want it to be as empty of a vessel as possible at the end of the night, right. but just somewhere that you can keep stuff temporarily. This just helps get it a little out of sight, right? It like kind of puts it out of the line of sight and mm -hmm. it's in a place where you know I can deal with that later. So talk to me about how you learned to embrace minimalism and what led you to that journey. Um, so for me, minimalism is a little bit different too. I think that's one of the beauties and the sins of minimalism is that it can mean so many different things. Yeah. Um, and for us, it is having the things that we need, but not, not overbuying. It's kind of life in moderation a little bit. Right. And so hence why I'm also want to be minimalist because I am not extreme. I am, you know, I definitely have the, the tinge of, do we really need it? You know, putting everything through a lens before we first buy it. Do we really need it? Do we already have something else we could use? Um, mm -hmm. You know, letting go of duplicates and things like that, but definitely not extreme. And we got to this point because we traveled as a family. So mm -hmm. we had traveled a couple times, actually. Once when our daughter was um, just a year, we took six months and we were traveled around Europe. And then another time, and at that time, actually, we sold 90% of what we owned because we were going to be travel bloggers and we we're going to do the whole thing. Right. Then we found out that's a lot of work and it wasn't really, it took away the fun of travel for us, right. like having to document everything we were doing and trying to share it. And yeah, yep, and that kind of, I had that realization at that point of like, okay, I don't actually, this isn't going to jive. So six months was all we lasted on that first trip. And so we came back and we ended up settling down, buying a house, doing the things that people said we should do. And filled the house with, you know, lots of stuff because we had nothing. We had sold all of our furniture. We had sold our car. We had sold, we'd kept some toys, but we had sold a ton of toys. Right. And so our house then became, you know, friends being generous and giving us stuff, family giving us stuff, get, you know, going to the thrift stores and Craigslist and, and buying stuff. And it got full pretty fast. Yeah. And then just feeling that sense of overwhelm and not being really cognizant or, you know, mindful of how we filled it back up, you know, fast forward a little bit. And we, I ended up getting a job offer with the company I used to work for in Chicago. So we ended up selling the house uh, we were in, in Des Moines. And at that point we were like, okay, we are going to be way more intentional about what we put in our house and what we bring into our lives. And that was kind of the next step. And that was really, I think the tipping off point was going from having nothing and people thinking that was really probably the start of it, but it was actually the opposite of when we filled back up. Yeah. And went, ah, the contrast of so collecting well so much months. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Without all this stuff, I don't need all this stuff to be happy. And so, yeah, yeah. that's kind of what got us there. Like I talk about a lot of our stuff, if you're a sensitive person, 
can visually trigger you and you're experiencing Mm. emotions as you're looking at all this stuff. And I think what you're saying is so true for so many parents. Often when our kids are little, people are just dumping stuff on you and you kind of become a custodian of stuff and just the decision fatigue you start to feel from all that. And so one simple exercise you can do is when you're looking around the room, are there things that keep jarring you emotionally? Like you keep thinking, gosh, I really can't stand that thing. Or, oh, this thing reminds me of this not so great memory. And can I start to move that stuff out or shift it somewhere else so that when I'm looking around, I'm feeling more calm rather than kind of, you know, attacked by my stuff, which we can all feel sometimes when we let the stuff get out of control. You know, it it does trigger emotions. Yeah. Stuff in of itself does not hold the emotion, right? It is stuff. It is inanimate. It does not, you know, it is just a thing. It does not care if you keep it or not. But yes. you as a human have put on all of these different emotions and you you relate it back to where you were when you got it and who made it and what it's all about. And you can see if, I don't know if you'll use the video or have this picture, but behind me is kind of our gallery wall and Mm -hmm. everything on this wall means something. Mm -hmm. So my late father-in-law painted this picture. This is an outfit we brought our daughter home from the hospital in. We bought it in Paris right after we found out we were pregnant. Um, You know, this is a gift from a friend. These are some little, um, you know, glass things from our family, different, you know, different memories there from different family members and things like that. And so, yeah, this entire wall triggers good feelings, right? right? Like there's nothing on there that makes you feel weird. It all just makes you feel happy and uplifted. It's all great stuff. Exactly. And that's the kind of stuff you want to fill your home with. And yes, I agree. Get rid of that stuff that makes you feel bad, makes you second guess yourself, makes you feel guilty as from somebody you don't like, you know, any of that kind of stuff, you know, because you do have those feelings. It is imbibed in that stuff, whether you want it to be or not. Right. And you become responsible for all the stuff you're keeping. For sure. And I know people get a little nervous when they start to let go of these things, right? Because they're like, but what if I miss them? Or what if, what if I, you know, decide I did want that thing? But if it makes you feel bad, you're not going to miss it. I promise you really won't. It's true. It's true. We forget that sometimes. So if you could, I'm having so much fun talking to you, but to wrap (laughs) things up, can you give me your top three decluttering tips for people who are maybe struggling with that right now? Sure. So top three tips. Okay, let's go. Um, Start small. Don't try to take on a giant project. If this is totally new to you, I know you're going to like see those before and afters and you're going to want that before and after. Don't please don't do that because it it really is defeating when you don't get the after that you are hoping for in a matter of hours. So start small. Start with a place that is just, you know, a drawer, a closet, a cabinet, right? One area, one corner of a room, one entertainment center. Don't try to do the entire room. Don't try to do your entire house. Start small. Yeah. Number two, start where it's not emotional. You know, don't start with your photos. (laughs) Don't pull out the photo bin, the yearbooks, the, you know, memory things. Start in your bathroom or start in your entryway is actually one of my favorite places to start because that way you're helping yourself every single day. Because yeah. if your entryway is kind of chaotic and cluttered, getting that kind of streamlined makes it so much easier for you to leave your house and then have it, you know, nice and neat when you come in because you know where everything goes. So, um, so start small, start with something not emotional. 
and then do 15 minute deep dives, right? So just 15 minutes at a time, try for one a day, and you can really start to declutter a lot of things very quickly. So set your timer, get a trash bag to throw stuff away, get a box to put anything that's donate, you know, donation stuff and get a laundry basket for anything that belongs in a different space. Set your timer, go through 15 minutes, get all those things filled up, take the trash out, put the donation box in your car, take your laundry basket and walk around your house and put stuff away or save it for your power tidy that night and put the things away then. And you will make really great progress in just 15 minutes. Right. I love what you're saying because it's all about taking small steps consistently rather than seeing this massive whirlwind thing you have to do all the time because we're stressing our brains out. Every time we do that in an overwhelming way, we're equating cleaning with stress. Whereas your system is just do a little bit at a time, make it a little bit of a game with a timer if you can, make it fun for your brain. And then you won't get overwhelmed and you won't equate cleaning with stress. And unfortunately, cleaning is just something we need to do every week, you know, and we've got to make it fun for our brain somehow, or at least easier on the brain. Yeah. Welcome to being an adult. (laughs) (laughs) It's just all part of it, which is why the more we can start modeling this to our kids as something that isn't this horrible, stressful thing we have to do where we're tearing the house apart and mom's so stressed and dad's so stressed. If we're just doing it in these little chunks, we're showing our kids, okay, a little bit a day. It's not a lot of time. You didn't cut into iPad and playtime or game time (laughs) so much, you know, but you can go to bed thinking my room isn't triggering me. I'm looking around and most things are put away and that's good enough for today. So thank you so much for all your helpful advice. Where can people find you online? Yeah. So you can find me on my website, which is wannabeclutterfree.com. And I have several free resources there about decluttering, organizing, creating a capsule wardrobe, which is a big thing, um, and then setting up systems for your home. And then I'm also wannabeclutterfree on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, But then because we're on a podcast, I would love to invite your listeners over to my show as well. It's called Wannabe Minimalist. And like Risa said earlier, she was on the show this week and we had so much fun chatting about time management systems and she shared so much helpful information. So if you want to check out her episode, check out 130. Go right there. We had such a fun conversation. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciated all your wonderful advice. I had a blast. Have a wonderful day. You too. To learn more about tools discussed on this episode, please visit theultimatetoolkitbooks.com and be sure to pick up a copy of my latest book in stores now, The Ultimate Self-Esteem Toolkit, 25 Ways to Boost Confidence, Achieve Goals, and Find Happiness. To celebrate the book launch, we are doing a double podcast giveaway. You can win a copy of The Ultimate Self-Esteem Toolkit and a free 45-minute decluttering session with Deanna Yates. So go on Instagram, follow me at Risa Williams Therapy, and follow the rules because the contest starts now. I'm Risa Williams, and we're out of time. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.